You guys could go ahead and take a seat. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is BJ Forguson, and uh, I have the, the, the joy and the honor of, of being a pastor here on staff at Austin Oaks Church. And um, I am, I'll, I'll say, excited to be standing in front of you today. Um, for those of you who don't know me, like, this is not my favorite part of my job, but I do it because Brandon tells me to do it. But I also have seen God faithfully use this to, to transform my life, to, to make me more affectionate for Jesus. And then I've seen the, and, and heard from you that God has used times uh, for me doing the thing I don't want to do to see people's lives become closer to Christ. And so out of obedience to, to God, that I, I stand here and and it's out of excitement for what I think is going to happen that, I, that I'm joyfully coming to you right now and, and asking you if you would consider what it would look like in your life to bear witness to what God has done in every moment. All right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw out something to you real quick. And I have to see, like, I, I honestly don't know if this will land at all. This might have been a regional thing where I grew up. I'm going to see if you get this. And I'll, you'll, anyway, just hear me out. If I were to say, my very earnest mother just served us nine pizzas. Some people said pizzas. Did anybody say pickle? Did anybody say pickle too? All right, pizzas or pickle. All right, for those of you who think I'm the weirdest person ever right now, um, that was the acronym that, or I don't know if acronym is the right word, but that's what we learned to memorize the order of the planets growing up. Like, my, Mercury, Venus, very, right, Earth is earnest. I always thought that was the weirdest word in the whole thing. Like, and, and, and so on and so forth, all the way, uh, like, to, to Neptune, and then what comes after Neptune? Rest in peace, Pluto. Rest in peace. But Pluto is what brings this topic up right now. And so, like, I'm, I'm somewhat nerdy when it comes to things like this. Like, I wasn't super involved, but I, the greatest controversy that happened in 2006 was, was by far whether or not Pluto was a planet. Like, it was pre-iPhone, so, like, nobody even knew. Wait, not yet. Not yet. Oh, man. I was getting to that part. Go to the other one. Go to the other. Not that. That's that one. Yes. That one. All right. Whew. Come on. Anyway, so in 2006, the best image we had of Pluto was this right here. All right. This was the best image we had of Pluto. All right. In 2006, in, in January of 2006, like NASA said, hey, we're going to send something to take pictures of Pluto, all right? And it was like months later, they were like, ah, never mind, Pluto's not a planet anymore. But meanwhile, this thing's flying through space at 36,000 miles per hour, and it travels 3.2 billion miles 3.2 billion miles and comes close enough to then take a picture of, of Pluto that's this. 
Like, I mean, come on. Like, that is remarkable. Like, that, that we have a photo of something that is 3.2 billion miles away. Like, and that, that thing traveled, like, 36,000 miles an hour is, like, going around the earth every 45 minutes. Like, just, shoom, shoom. like, fastest man-made object in space is, is the New Horizons spacecraft that took the picture right here. And, and here's, here's what I want to get at. In this season, this was actually 2015 when this, when this picture came out, January, or no, July 15th, 2015, this picture came out, and right around that time, I read these words, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. God created Pluto at the beginning, but he, he fashioned it, he formed it, it was there. It's, 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 it's hurling through the cosmos. And we, as humanity, had no clue of its existence for a long time. For generation after generation after generation, no clue it even existed. And then finally, somebody took a picture of it with a telescope in, in uh, uh, 1930. And then, and then in 2006, we got a picture of a little dot right there on the screen. And then in 2015, we had a picture that looked like this. And we became the first generation to see the handiwork of God. Like, am I just weird for thinking that? Like that we are the first generation to set eyes on something that God intricately made for a purpose that he revealed to us for a purpose, and that, that that thing right there gives testimony to the strength and the power and the creativity of God. Amen? That, right, that, that, that is evidence of it. That planet is, is bearing witness, is, is a testimony to the goodness of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a people that bear witness, that, that proclaim a testimony like all of creation, like creation just exists and it, it testifies to God. But we're going to talk about what it looks like to bear witness to Jesus and what he has done. And, and the way I'm going to describe it is we're going to, we're just going to kind of overview what we've covered over the last year like we've been going through the book of 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 Luke and Acts and and we've seen this this two-piece set this 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 set of books this Luke and Acts are are are, are written by one author and it it's one cohesive message and it's telling a story and and, and the context of it is that, that it's written to this this person named Theophilus who is who is a person of means who has who has wealth, who has resources, and, and, and a respectable person. And, and, and Luke, the author, is writing to him, and it says this in the beginning of Luke. He's like, so that you may have certainty 
of the things that you have learned about Jesus. And so what we have is this two-volume set, this, this volume Luke that's, that's describing who Jesus is. It's, it's actually Luke's witness, his bearing witness to what Jesus did when he walked on the earth. And then the book of Acts is, is actually many people bearing witness and, and, and going and living as people that believed what Jesus did. And so we have this story of Luke that, that bears witness to Jesus. Then we have this story of Acts that is pointing towards all the folks that are, that are living as people that are witnesses to what God has done. And I just want to just overview because like what, what Pastor Brandon read earlier is, is exactly what we're about. And, and if I were to summarize all of Luke and the, the gospel of Luke and what he was trying to communicate to us about who Jesus is, it would, it would boil down to these four points. He wanted you to know about the deity of Jesus. He talked about his, his, uh, his nature of being the promised Messiah, the one that came from God, the one that was going to be the king that, that would free God's people from, from slavery to sin. He was the son of God, being perfect in every way. He was going to be the one that could forgive sins, and only God could do that. And so if you look at like the first five chapters of Luke, you see over and over and over again that this is the one that God has promised, that this is the one that can take away sins, that this is the Son of God. God actually says to him in one account, he says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. So the book of Luke testifies to the deity of Jesus. The book of Luke also testifies to the power of Jesus. The power of Jesus. I mean, account after account after account of miracle after miracle after miracle of seeing Jesus display power over the created universe. He has authority in, in, in the ability to, to heal human ailments and sicknesses and diseases and, and, and heal human physiology and, and brokenness and, and, and things like that. And he has the ability to even control nature. He has the ability to produce matter, to, to, to create something from nothing. And all of this is attesting that Jesus is the one that had a hand in creation and controls all things and holds all things together. Luke is testifying to the power of Jesus. And we've got these two things, the, the, the deity of Jesus and the power of Jesus. And then this remarkable thing is also woven throughout the entire book. And he testifies to the compassion of Jesus. Jesus, in his ministry on earth, spent time after time engaging people that were, were poor and marginalized, people that were pushed to the outside, people that were considered outsiders, that were rejected by the mainstream. He would go to them and, and, and eat with them and be with them and, and love them in the midst of that. He was creating a new dynamic. He was explaining to everybody that this is what the family of God looks like. It's not just this exclusive group that, that falls into heritage. It is this group of people that come together around one purpose, one belief, and that is Jesus. And it is in faith in him 
that they are there as the family of God. So Luke testified to the compassion of Jesus. And then finally, he testified to the humility of Jesus. That Jesus, though he deserved all things and deserved all acknowledgement, that he was the son of God and co-equal with God and that, that he had all power in, in the entire universe, that, that he was compassionate and engaging, but that he came to serve. And he came to teach people to that, that this is the way of the kingdom of heaven, is to serve. And so I, I could list out verse after verse after verse of, of all these things throughout the book of Luke. But my invitation to you is, if you want to know about Jesus, if you want to know his nature, I just encourage you to read the book of Luke. It's phenomenal. Luke testified to the deity, to the, to the power, to the compassion, to the humility of Jesus. And then to put like the seal on top of it, to say like this is solid, this is true, this is real. He, he put this stamp on it and, and said, this one that, that, that claims all these things, that says all these things, that teaches all of these things, the one that was humble to the point of death on a cross, you know how I can believe all these things? This is like Luke saying this. He's like, know how I believe all these things? Because that Jesus who died and was buried came out of the grave. Amen? This is the Jesus that Luke testifies to. This is the Jesus that we are simply about in this church. And, and, and just for good measure, I need you to know that, that, that this letter of Luke was written to Theophilus in a way that was like, hey, you're a person of means. You have resources and influence. I'm writing all this information down and I'm putting all this detail in here of names of cities and places and people, and, and I'm sending it to you. And it was, it was written 29 years after the resurrection of Christ. Now, now, 29 years is a good amount of time, but as, as a person of means, it, it was not long enough to where he couldn't go, like, fact check. He couldn't go, like, ask questions. Like, he, Luke left enough detail in there to be like, hey, if... You, Jesus rose this person from the dead in, in the city of, of, of Nain. He, he rose this person from the dead in that city. I'm, I'm telling you that everybody in the city was there and they saw it. Just go ask. If you, if you want to test this, go ask. And here's, here's the thing. My guess is that if, if Luke found any error, or not, if Theophilus found any error in it, we would not see these books in the Bible. He would have thrown them in the trash. He would have said, like, this isn't true. Like, this is not, and the fact that we have this, that, that it has as much detail as it does, that, that it gives these words in, in such a timely manner, what we can know is that this account seen in the book of Luke is a true account. And in that, 
Luke was bearing witness. And in that, Theophilus could bear witness. And in that same hope, moved us into the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, I, this, this is the verse that is really going to challenge us today. Really going to, ch- and this is, this is one of my favorite verses. It's one of the first verses I've memorized once I started following Jesus. And it starts in, in, in it's Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And the entirety of the rest of the book of Acts is, is because of this verse. And it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The two words I'm going to point out here is power and witness. Power and witness. The driving force behind every believer out there. The driving force, the, the, the thing that allows them to, to live as followers of Christ, to walk in obedience, to to trust in God, to go through difficult circumstances, to, to do anything that is, that is good and right is not on our strength at all, but through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so as we look from Acts chapter 1 through the end of the book, every person there that is a follower of Jesus is walking in the power of the Spirit. And everything that we looked at over the course of this last year over the course of seeing people go into places and share the gospel for the first time is because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then the second word is that they were witnesses to Jesus. And being a witness is nothing more than this. And I think this is so important for us. It's not knowing all the information and then being able to say that information to other people. Being a witness is nothing more than reporting what you have seen, what you have heard, or what you have experienced with Jesus. What you have seen, what you have heard, or what you've experienced with Jesus. Every apostle, every follower of Jesus, as you look through the book of Acts from from Peter and, 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 and James and John to, to Paul and Silas and Timothy, every single one of them did nothing more than walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and bear witness to what they have seen God do in their life and in the lives of others. And church, this is the challenge that I have for us today. The challenge I have for us today is to ask you the question, are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? And are you bearing witness to the transforming power of Jesus Christ in your life? Are you talking about how Jesus came into your life and and met you where you were and, and, and transformed you and and, and, and turned your affection and, and, and changed your perspective and then, and then moved you in a different direction? Have you, have you talked about that? Have you engaged others? Because here is my proposal. 
that if we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we have the living God that is within us, and then we proclaim with our mouth what that living God has done, what we will see is the same thing that happened in the book of Acts. A city that is transformed, a a nation that is transformed, a, a world that is transformed for the name of Jesus Christ. Are we walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are we bearing witness to what God has done in our life? And, and today, right, right back here, there, there are going to be 10 or 11. And I even know that more people have added <laughs> since we had the list. Like several more people came up and like, hey, can, can I go today? Can I go today? Like that's already happened. Before Brandon even said the invitation, like that we already have more people. What they are going to do is they are going to stand back here. And they're going to, in the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to say what God has done in their life. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share a little bit about my story, about what God has done in my life. And I'm, I'm just going to make it simple, and I'm going to let you guys know. And, and part of it's just, like, this, this is a practice that we need to be in. I need to be reminded of what God has done in my life so that I can speak and share and bear witness to that. And so when, it, when I was growing up, I, like you could look at my story and be like, there should be nothing about this guy's story that's intriguing at all. Like, you know, like anytime somebody says like, man, like I don't really have that much of a story, like ditto, like I get what you're saying, but if our perspective is shifted just a bit, anytime we said whatever I want more than what God wants, and God changes that perspective in our mind, that is a move from death to life. From death to life. So I'm not going to be ashamed to say what, what I thought was little work at the time. That is a transforming, salvific, eternal transformation. And I invite you to lean into that. Just don't be afraid to share your story because it's not powerful enough. It's not your power that we're worried about. It's the Holy Spirit's power. So I grew up in a a family that that took me to church all the time. I I wanted to be a a, a people pleaser. I I was desiring to... To, to make my mom happy. I was a mama's boy, right? I, I got into sports. I, I, played, I played football if I've never talked about that. That's, I, I played football. Um, I don't remember getting any concussions, so <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> um, but guys, I, I, I was... I was friendly, I was, I was known as the nice guy, I, I was in a small enough town to where being, being big, being nice, and being a good football player basically meant that everybody knew you. Um, and um, in fact, that became my life. I, I had four main things that were really driving me at the time. It was one, that, that relationships that I would have um, like with, with girls, like I, I desired to be known by another person. I desired to like, to, to, to be completely known by another person. And, and, and I ran after that for a while. I, I desired to be 
approved of by everybody. I wanted to be known as the nice guy. I, I, like I pursued like, and, and fed into that being known and popular in, in, in that small town. And I, I pursued after like comfort and just having fun and doing whatever the things that I wanted to do. And I pursued after success. And I leaned into football and thinking that that was going to get me the success that I wanted. And, and, I, and I leaned into that and, and, and it, it was taking me somewhere. And I had the benefit of going to play uh, college football at Rice University. And it was in, there we go. We got, we got the two, or the one really in the house. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's not often I hear a response whenever I say Rice University, so thanks. Appreciate that. I do get regents, though, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, but I, I had the opportunity to go play there, and, and in my mind, this was going to be what satisfied. This was going to be what, what, what made me happy. And yeah, God was a thing in my life, but it was like the other thing. And so I pursued after the success that was there. I pursued after relationships. I pursued after being known. I pursued after comfort. And, and what began to happen in my time in college is that God gradually started taking all those things away from me. Because that's what happens to things that are temporary. Things that are temporary don't last forever. Things that are fickle change. And, and so I lost the relationships that I had. I, I moved away from the town where everybody knew me and, and, and like liked me and moved to a town where nobody cared about me. I, I mean, I don't hate Houston, but I don't love it. Like, um, and then I, like I, I sought after things that would fill me up and nothing ever did for more than a day. And... And then football got taken away from me after four surgeries in two years. And, and all of a sudden, my dreams are, are kind of shifting away. And, and, and that's when I say, all right, God, I'm going to blame you for all that stuff, not me. And so I'm going to go do my own thing and just forget you completely right now. And I ran off and, 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 and pursued that. And, and for about a year... That's what I wanted to do. Never found joy in it. Tried to, wanted to, couldn't find it. But then there was one morning after pursuing after that stuff, I woke up. And in my head, I got the sense that God just asked me the question, is this where you want to be? Is, is this who you want to be? And all I knew is that the answer was already there. I was like, no. And so he's like, I got something better for you. I have something better for you. And so I was like, all right, God, whatever you say. And at that time, I had two roommates that I don't know why they asked me to be their roommate. They, like, they shouldn't have. I was, I was stupid. I was an idiot. I was acting a fool. And they were like <laughs> electrical engineer majors and really driven. And <laughs> like, I don't know why they asked me, but I went and talked to them. And they just looked at me. And they're twin brothers. And they go, we've been waiting on you. And God had placed them in my life for that purpose. And I walked through that season in that life to, to get to a place where I was like, no, this is not who I want to be. And God orchestrated all of that. And I'm here to bear witness to that. That in that moment where I thought I was pursuing after what I wanted, God met me 
and then had a plan for me that was better. And he has that for you as well. And maybe, maybe you've never heard this message of Jesus before. Maybe you've never heard the message of what is offered to you before. And, and I want you to hear it clearly. That there is a God of the universe that created everything, that threw Pluto out there in existence, that, that made every molecule that, you, that, that has ever been in the universe. And he, he has a desire to be in a relationship with you. But there is something that keeps us from being in a relationship with him, and that's, that's the mistakes that we make, and we call that sin. And that sin hinders us from being in that relationship with God. But, but he loved us enough to send Jesus, his son, to, to pay a, a price that we couldn't pay. And in fact, it, it, it cost Jesus his life. Because of our sin, because of our brokenness, we we owed a price, and that was, that was a life, and Jesus laid down his life so that we might be able to have a relationship with God. And if you look in the scriptures, it says that if, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God, believe, confess, right, backwards, yeah. Yeah, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. And guys, I invite you, if you've never done that, I invite you to place your trust in Jesus as the ruler and Lord of your life. And you're going to have an opportunity to come and talk and pray with people up front. You're going to have an opportunity to come and say, like, hey, what does that look like? You're going to even have an opportunity to come and say, like, Man, I want to follow Jesus so much that, like, go ahead and let me declare that right now. Let me, let me bear witness to that right now of what God is doing today. You could, that could be today for you. But if you are the person that is like, hey, I, I too want to bear witness. I too want to share what Christ has done in my life. I want to, I want to be a witness by the power of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to just give you three questions that you can ask. Just ask yourself. This is how you can practice it. And they're going to be up here on the screen. First one is, what did you care about before you started living for Jesus? What, what were the things that you pursued after before you started living for Jesus? The next one. What happened when you met Jesus, when Jesus met you where you were? What happened in that moment? Where, where did God grab a hold of your heart? Where were you? What did he do? How did he capture you in that moment? And then the last one is this. How has your life been transformed by Jesus? If we ask these questions and we start processing those, these are, this is a starting point for you, for me, for us to be people that live as people that are empowered by the Spirit and go and bear witness to these things. And if we are empowered by the Spirit and we are bearing witness to these things, then we are living as people that declare the glory of God. Just like the heavens above, just like the beauty and the intricacy seen in that little heart-shaped thing on Pluto, 
just like that bears witness to the glory of God, you can bear witness to the glory of God, not just by how you were created, but with the words of your mouth and telling the story of what God did, just like every apostle throughout the book of Acts. That can be our story. That can be the story of a church that says we are going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are going to go be witnesses to the glory of God everywhere we go. We're going to talk about what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced with Jesus so that he is known because we are a church that is simply about Jesus. Hey guys, I'm going to pray here in just a second and then we're going to have a time of worship. And if in that time, I just, I'm going to ask you to wrestle with God. I'm going to ask you to, to say, God, what are, what are you stirring up in me? How are you causing me to, to be turned towards you? And I'm going to let you have that time to process. If you want to come pray with somebody, there's going to be prayer counselors. There's going to be a prayer team on either side. You are welcome to go talk to them and say, like, hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What, what does it mean to be a witness and bear witness about Jesus? Or, like, what would it look like to be baptized today? Those are things that you can come and talk about. I'm going to close this out in prayer. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move. Heavenly Father, God, I praise you because you are worthy to be praised. You sent your Son, who in him is the fullness of deity. You sent your Son in power to display power over the universe, to display power over brokenness, to bring healing. You sent your son to be compassionate, to love the poor and the marginalized, to build a community that is centered around faith. And you served in humility through your son, Jesus, who laid down his life so that we might so that we might be able to be with you forever. And then, Lord, to, to affirm all of it, you saw fit to raise Christ from the dead, that he might be exalted, that we might be able to love you and pursue you and know you and be called your children because of him. And so for that, Lord, we say thank you. And we say we will walk in your power and we will proclaim your name wherever we go. God, be with us here. In your name we pray. Amen.